Hello and welcome back to Japan Explained. Last time we left the story at the moment of Michizane's exile to Kyushu. He had just received an imperial order to leave the capital, and even his friend, ex-emperor Uda, couldn't help him. The order required Michizane to go to Kyushu with his two youngest children, while his older sons were scattered through the country and his wife and daughters were to remain in the capital as hostages. Without a chance to say goodbye to Uda, Michizane at least had time to read a five-wheel poem to his favorite plum tree. Kochifukaba nyoyokoseyo, ume no hana, harujinashitote, haru wasuruna. When the east wind blows, let it send your fragrance or plum blossoms. Although your master is gone, do not forget the spring. Then he set off on a long 500-kilometer journey to Kyushu. For someone who had spent most of his life in the capital, Kyushu was pretty much the end of the world. Nothing good lies that far. Michizane's new home was not a glamorous palace, but a small house with rotten floors and leaky roof. He didn't feel well there, suffering from bedibiris, stomach aches and skin diseases, his wife regularly sent him medicine and kind letters from the capital, even though she had to let in tenants and sell Michizane's garden to feed herself. But Michizane never received a single letter from Uda. And no matter how often he wrote to his friend, it seems that his letters never found their way to the lonely retired emperor. Then his young son died, and Michizane's heart was broken. In two short years in Kyushu, Michizane wrote his most famous poems, in which he laments his face. But not much is known about his everyday life. Kyushu was too far away to keep a close eye on, and any documents relating to Michizane's exile were later destroyed. This gave writers the freedom to make Michizane's life in exile their own, and they did so brilliantly. In one famous episode, the plum tree that Michizane adored during his life in the capital, and to which he bade farewell before leaving for Kyushu, couldn't bear to be separated from its master, so it uprooted itself and flew all the way to meet him. The other says that Michizane climbed to the top of Mount Tepeizan and prayed for the emperor's prosperity for seven days in a row. Then he wrote the true version of the events leading to his exile. The paper rose to the clouds as a sign that heaven was on his side. In real life, Michizane was not pardoned. At least, not yet. On the 25th day of the second month of 903, he died at a ripe old age, 59. But you couldn't be more wrong to think that that's the end of the story. If anything, it's just the beginning. Michizane was yet to reach the pinnacle of his administrative career and become a deity. But for now, he's a corpse being transported to a burial place by an ox guard. Suddenly, the oxen stop and refuse to move forward. It was decided that Michizane's spirit wanted his body to be buried here. Later, a temple was built near his grave. Today, it is known 
as it does Eiffel and Mangu Shrine. But the further we go, the more mystical it becomes. And the later the story was written, or rewritten, the more detailed and colorful it becomes. Soon after Michizane's death, Sonyi, the abbot of Enryakuji Temple on Mount Hiei, was meditating in the early hours before sunrise, when he heard a knock at the door. He opened the door and saw Sugawara no Michizane standing before him. What brings you here? the abbot asked. Want to visit the imperial palace, tell of my grief and take my revenge. Bonten and Taishaku have given me permission. The gods of heaven and earth do not forbid it, and only you can stop me. So, even the emperor himself orders you. Please refuse. But how can I refuse when the emperor orders me three times? The abbot asked. Michizane didn't seem happy to hear that, but left. Meanwhile, back in the capital, Tokihira was happily running the government. He married first his younger sister and then his daughter to Emperor Daingo, and when his sister gave birth to a boy, he promptly arranged for him to become crown prince. Ex-Emperor Uda was removed from the political scene and spent his days reading. He seems to have accepted his fate and no longer bore a grudge against Fujiwara. Sometimes he even invited Tokihira to his poetic gatherings. But then, in 908, Tokihira's ally Fujiwara no Sugane died. A year later, Tokihira himself died, followed by his eldest son and grandson. In those days, people believed in Onryo, or that a wrathful spirit of an aristocrat could remain unsatisfied and manifest its anger by causing disease, earthquakes, droughts and the like. So the court had no choice but to link all these deaths to the dead person they had offended, Sugawara Michizane. Then earthquakes and other natural disasters struck the country. Finally, in 923, Crown Prince Yasuakira died, soon followed by another young prince born to the Kuhira's daughter. That same year, a man named Kimitada died suddenly, but revived after three days and told his family that he had to visit the imperial palace as soon as possible. His sons had difficulty believing him, but agreed to accompany him to the court. There, Daiguk himself came to meet him, and Kimitada told him a shocking story. I, said Kimitada, died suddenly and found myself at the gates, where a man more than three meters tall was standing. He was wearing a red dress and a hat, and in his hands was the text he was reciting. I listened carefully, and he said that the emperor of the Engi era was heartless. I understood that it was Minister Sugawara. Then 34 ministers from the underworld came, and one of them said that the ruler of the Engi era was careless. The name of the era should be changed. Immediately after telling his story, Kimitada left. And Daigo was truly frightened. It was now absolutely clear that Michizane's vengeful spirit had returned to the capital to bring suffering and death to Fujiwara and Daigo, who had sent him into exile. 
In an attempt to appease the angry ghost, Daigo ordered that Michizane be pardoned, his position as right minister be restored, all documents relating to his exile be destroyed, and that he be given a senior second rank. And since one never jokes with ministers of the underworld, the name of the era was also changed. All was calm for a few years, but in the summer of 930, lightning struck the imperial palace. A few courtiers died, and only Tokihira stood against the vengeful spirit and its raging demons. Who cares, he died 20 years before that. Again, Daigo got the message, and soon Michizane had the first rank and the title of first minister. But being a haunted emperor is extremely stressful. Daigo gets sick, abdicates, and dies soon. So it seems as if we have none of the main characters left alive. Of all of them, only Miyoshi Kiyuki peacefully died of old age. But Michizane was here to stay. In the 930s and 40s, a holy man called Nichizo claimed to have died and traveled through all the worlds, heavens and hells. During his travels, he met Daijo Itonu Ten, aka Michizane, who lives on a beautiful island in a huge lake, surrounded by myriads of demons and spirits who serve him. At first, I wanted to destroy Japan, Michizane told him, but then I thought about it and decided that there are so many wise men spreading the Buddha's teaching in this country, so I can protect the state instead. So, if all the people believe in me and worship me, I will answer their prayers. Later, Nichizo also met Daigo, who was suffering in hell for what he had done. He explained that all the suffering that Michizane's ghost caused people was his, Daigo's fault, and all his bad deeds in life were connected to Michizane. When Ichizo came back to life, he told people about everything he had seen. In 942, a woman called Tajihino Ayako claimed to be possessed by the spirit of Michizane. It was an interesting coincidence that her family had previously been known as thunder worshippers. Michizane asked Ayako to build a shrine for him in Okonobaba, a place near the capital that Michizane liked to visit. Being poor, Ayako couldn't grant the spirit's wish, so she surrounded her house with a sacred fence and prayed there for five years. But the spirit was not satisfied. So, in 946, a certain Miwano Tarumaru, then only seven years old, was also possessed by Michizane's spirit. Again, Michizane said that he would protect people if they worshipped him and build a shrine for him in Ukonobaba. It seems that the place was just outside the capital, a bit to the northwest. And indeed, in 947, the shrine to Michizane was built in Kitano, the area just behind the imperial palace, which in ancient times was associated with the god of thunder and lightning. In 987, a Kitano shrine came under the control of the court and Mount Kiei. Michizane was given the name Tenjin and became a god of learning, poetry and calligraphy. 
He became the most famous and important wrathful spirit in Japanese history, accepting rich offerings and celebrations in his honor. And now it seemed that he had finally come down. For the anecdotes, tell us of the help he offered people. In the 12th century, there lived a high-ranking and very respectable monk, Nishun. But one of the palace maids started a rumor that he was a womanizer. What a shame, thought Nishun, so he retreated to the Kitano shrine and called Tenjin for help. Soon the maid, dressed only in her underskirts, began dancing badly and singing This is for me to lie about Nishun, until the monk himself was supposed to the palace to free her from the curse. Another monk, however, was not as righteous as Nishun. He was traveling in an ox cart and tried to pass in front of the portable shrine brought from Kitano. His oxen fell to the ground and soon died. It is said that the monk ran so fast he lost his shoes. But the further we get from Michizane's time, the more complicated his position becomes. He, a real human, changed from a lowly scholar to a minister of the right, from a human to a wrathful spirit, then to a Shinto deity, then to a Bodhisattva canon. Soon the legend said that Michizane was not really his father's son, but had been a Bodhisattva in a human body from the very beginning, and had come to be adopted at the age of five. So, while the first biography of Michizane contains only two tiny legendary episodes that can be easily separated from the otherwise sober account of his life, the following ones makes fact and legend into one inseparable milkshake. Buddhist monks praised his literal achievement and even made him a Zen adept. A 14th century legend tells how Michizane, dead now for over 200 years, traveled to China and learned Zen Buddhism in just one night. The same Zen monks spread Confucian ideas throughout Japan, and Confucian scholars soon found themselves struggling to separate centuries of legend from the real events of Michizane's life. But then, the same Confucian scholars created their own version of Michizane, he had to become their ideal, so they made him the symbol of Wakan Kansai, Japanese spirit, Chinese knowledge. In the 17th century, Michizane reached a new level of popularity. Cities grew larger, and more people needed to be able to read and write in order to conduct their daily business. Temple schools, terakoya, opened all over the country, supplemented by private schools run by samurai. Tenjin, a god of calligraphy and learning, became someone who could help you achieve academic success. Soon, he also became a popular character in theatrical plays, and while Confucian learning was being replaced by Western-style education in the 19th century, Tenjin was already an established part of Japanese culture. Even today, February is a busy time in each of the thousands of Tenmangu shrines across the country. Students tell Michizane which exams they need to pass and which schools or universities they want to attend. Some take it very seriously and list their first, second and third choices. I once 
asked the priest if he could know how many students actually passed their exams, thanks to Tenjin. Because when the deity helps, it is a good thing to come back to the shrine and express your gratitude. It don't count, he said, but I'm sure they'll pass if they have studied hard. Study hard, everyone! Don't forget to check out the Japan Explained Patreon blog to learn even more. And talk to you next time! Bye!